Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and art lover. I'm also a huge fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, and secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. And each day I'm going to share one of my favorite deep cuts with you. So let's take a look at today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365 with MXM Tune. On this day in 1901, Pablo Picasso opened his very first art exhibition in Paris. Let's take a look at what made Picasso's creativity and career so impactful. Picasso grew up in Spain, and his father was a painter too. There's a myth that by the time the artist was a teenager, his father stopped painting for good, realizing that he could never be as good as a son. That's not true, but he really was that good from a young age, so good that he was only 20 during his first solo exhibition. Picasso didn't care much for traditional art school, which isn't surprising, since he ended up becoming a pioneer of the avant-garde art movement, Cubism. He wasn't so interested in creating conventionally beautiful landscapes like Monet, who was born in Rue Lafitte, the same street in Paris where Picasso had his first exhibition. Nor was a Spanish painter interested in photorealistic paintings, which portrayed the world exactly as it was observed, flaunting the artistic skill it takes to create something so exact. Instead, Picasso's works became more and more experimental and obscure. He hung out with the brilliant poet and art collector Gertrude Stein, and the two artists influenced each other. Picasso also had somewhat of a rivalry with the artist Henri Matisse, who also sought to move beyond the traditions of the art world. At the time, portraits of bathing women were popular in art, a kind of objectifying look at the bodies of naked women. Matisse made fun of this trend in his painting, Bathers with a Turtle. Instead of the women posing for the male gaze, three naked women were playing with a turtle. Like, really, they just saw a cute turtle. It's great. And at the same time, Picasso painted the controversial and formative work, The Young Ladies of Avignon, which depicts five nude women. But like his rival Matisse, Picasso mocked the trend, purposely positioning the women in decidedly unfeminine poses. He obscured their bodies by painting them as shapes and hues of pink, so that it wasn't even immediately clear what you were looking at at a portrait of bathers. Matisse called the painting a, quote, bad joke. As Olivia Rodrigo would say over a century later, it's brutal out here. Can you imagine someone calling your art a bad joke? That's worse than just calling it bad. Still, this idea of depicting people through shapes caught on and sparked the cubist movement. In Cubism, the figure is painted in fragmented geometric pieces, but it's not just about drawing shapes. Artists like Picasso saw this as a way of depicting a scene from multiple different angles at once. It would be like if you took a photo of your roommate every day for 10 days in the same pose, then layered them all on top of each other. The photo would become something else entirely. And there's something kind of beautiful in that. Like the strange artwork you'd create would show 10 different sides of your roommate, rather than just one portrait on one day. Sure, a singular portrait might still be more digestible, but good art isn't always about being digestible. It's about making us see something from a new way. And throughout his career, Picasso did just that. Perhaps Picasso's most famous painting is Guerónica, 
He painted it in 1937, when the growing German Nazi party bombed the Spanish town Guernica during the Spanish Civil War. Though he was living in Paris at the time, Picasso was heartbroken for his home country, watching as innocent people were killed for some broader political agenda. The resulting artwork is a somewhat nightmarish black and white cubist mural with disembodied figures like horse skulls, panicking civilians, flames, and ghostly figures. The more you look at it, the more horror you see. There are even subliminal images hidden in the painting, like even more skulls. Now, Guaranica is considered to be one of the most powerful anti-war artworks of all time. It doesn't just tell us about destruction, it shows us what it feels like to look around you. And the longer you look, the more irrational pain you will find. Apparently, while Picasso lived in Nazi-occupied France during World War II, a Nazi officer asked him if he made the painting Guaranica. No, he told the officer. You did. Regardless of whether that tale is true, damn. Picasso's life wasn't all just creating beautiful paintings and sticking it to the man. He did have a troubling, documented history of abusing women. As recently as May of this year, students in Barcelona staged a protest at a museum of Picasso's work to bring awareness to his dangerous behaviors. Can we separate the art and the artist? For some people, that's still up for debate. Now let's talk about music. Today in 2003, Beyonce went solo, breaking off from the group Destiny's Child to release Dangerously in Love, her debut album. The record features classics like Crazy in Love, a collaboration with Jay-Z, even back then the power couple were together, and that lead single spent eight weeks atop the Billboard Hot 100, but her next single, Baby Boy, featuring Sean Paul, performed even better. Queen Bee has taken the throne, and now, 18 years later, she's released six studio albums, starred in 10 films, and directed four of them. I think we know how big of a star she is now. And now, for today's final segment, I'll be going back into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a June 24th in my life. June 24th, 2018, I went on a trip with my mom to New York City. She was flying for a conference that she had in New York, and she took me along with her. I had just graduated from high school, and I was excited to go on a trip. I hadn't been to New York, I think, at least the city since, like, 2008, so I was very excited to go. Little did I know I would move there a full two years later. It was a very exciting trip for me because my mom was, like, gone during the day, so I had full control over, like, what I was going to do during the day while she was out. And I think that was one of my first trips that I took where I was able to just go do things during the day. On the first day that we got there, we hung out with family friends and kind of went to go explore with each other. Went to The Strand, which is a very well-known bookstore. Got a manicure done for $11 somewhere in Chinatown. Took a huge nap and then went out to dinner, I think, as well. But it was really fun and I have very fond memories of it. And New York is still one of my favorite places and it's so crazy that I get to live here now. Thanks for going back in time with me. And remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you can come back tomorrow for more stories from the past. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365.